0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Namaste, tribe. Welcome back to the second part of chapter one. Enjoy.
1: Is there a point in your life where you realize
2: the benefits or the importance of self-reflection? So for me, it's been a journey. I feel like, like there wasn't one particular, there are a few particular moments that stick out. And I think they're tied into a mo- emotional connection and all that as well. But uh, after reflecting this whole week on my journey of self-reflection, I've realized that it has been a journey. It really has. And, like, my perspective of life is not similar to, say, the average person. So, realizing the unlearning and the change from that to today is something that can't be done with one particular moment it was done repeatedly because i was a slow learner say back then you know what i mean like it it took that rock to the head to go No, you need to change and there were times and it's crazy because there were times where literally reality the life whatever you know something was going stop whether it was my drug abuse or any of the walks of life that I took that were not correct because there were a lot of them but I think I relate to you know my substance abuse problem because it's something that was a coping mechanism that I built but it didn't really work for anything it just suppressed it and the last time I overdosed I woke up in the hospital my nana was there and she squeezed and hugged me harder than I ever remember her doing it because she was so happy that I was alive. Your grandmother raised you? So where we lived, there was three buildings. And she lived in the opposing building from us. She was so beautiful because if she knew something was happening to me or to my brothers or any of her grandchildren, it was her problem too. She took that on and not only just in the aspect of fixing it, like emotionally, she cared deeply about us. And that was the first love I ever received, ever. Through her was the path. She was who taught me to love myself. And through that love, I realized that I needed to change. And I credit that to her. Her squeezing me after I woke up and her looking at me with tears in her eyes and a smile on her face. Like it's two polar emotions simultaneously. She had them at the same time because she was sad that I was hurting that much, but so happy that I had not hurt myself to the effect of what could have happened. And she looked at me and goes, you need to stop hurting yourself. You are important. You are loved, you are important, and even if you don't see it, please realize it now. She always told me how strong I was. She always said it, like, you are strong, Jason. You have something in you that can change things. and Everything you've been through in your life, use all that and change yourself, make yourself better. And it wasn't something that happened instantly, because that's not how it goes. You have to dig in. You have to break down yourself before you can actually start building it up. It's like a house the house is decaying and broken. Before it can be working and functional, it needs to be ripped down to maybe the foundation, which is the base of you. And you can't put a time limit on how long it's going to take to figure out what you want to change or who you want to be because tomorrow you could figure out some new stuff and you may want to be a different person then. It may lead you on a different path. So learn to adapt, learn to accept change into your life because through change and through honest reflection and evaluation, you will have the ideal person you want to aspire to be. And eventually it will just become reality. Change takes change. Yeah. And change comes with change. Change brings change.
1: Change brings change. Rick James. Thanks, Rick. So I was talking with Robbie earlier today, and we had a conversation about self-reflection, that there's intentional self-reflection, and then self-reflection that's sort of thrust upon you, sort of what happened to you. You weren't intentionally looking to evaluate your situation, but something happened to you where you were forced to self-reflect. And that's actually what happened to me. My exposure to self-reflection and the benefit of it was my senior year of high school, second senior year of high school. I was 18, about to turn 19. It was the end of the summer. Senior year's about to start. And we say, yeah, let's end the summer with a banger. So we all went down to the park. We were drinking. We were smoking. And we'll probably get into this story at some point. But long story short, I got arrested. So at the same time, my brother's girlfriend, who is one of my best friends, she's pregnant with my niece. So I get arrested the day before school starts. I miss the first few days because I'm suspended. And at the time, I was in a very dark place. I did not like who I was and did not care about anything. In my mind, life sucked. And I just didn't want to be alive anymore. It was to that point. And then I get arrested. Then the following week, my niece is born. And it's just this, I can only describe it as, this is what love is. I don't think I ever felt such a pure feeling of love in my life. And it came at a time where everything else was just darkness and and negative thinking. It was shocking. It shocked my system. That whole accumulation of events. I just remember like, I'm better than this. And I got to change something. At the time, there was no Facebook, Instagram, and all these other distractions. And so having that time to not be in school and sit and reflect, all I can think about is like, what am I doing with my life? Seriously, like, what are you doing? You're messing up. All of that was when I realized like something needed to change. And it was just, I didn't intentionally sit down to self-reflect. I was forced to self-reflect. It was a kick in the butt. I needed it. Hindsight, I'm glad it happened because it really exposed me to a different way of how things could be. I wish I could have been able to realize it on my own or realize it in a less hurtful way that would have impacted my family or whatever, but they loved me and supported me and accepted me and it's in the past now. And now I intentionally sit down or I intentionally reach out to you guys, my friends, people who still have that unconditional support and love for me and give me that safe space to express myself and the people who are going to call me out on my stuff and like be like, hey Dan, you're better than this. So now I intentionally have those moments where I try to sit down. I like to make lists at the end of the day to accomplish something. All right, okay, what can I do tomorrow to better myself? I have these intentional moments of self-reflection, but it took a forced moment of self-reflection to sort of realize the benefit and the importance of it. Similar to you, completely different scenarios, but we were both in a really dark place and it took love to pull us out of that. We were in a really negative, full of hate place and it took unconditional love to pull us out. And now my niece still is the most beautiful being in this world in my eyes. I 100% would not be here if it wasn't for her. She's the reason I'm alive. I am forever grateful for that. And I'm just trying to pay it forward.
2: Yeah, I think we all have those key individuals in our life. My entire life, I had my brothers. Me, Jonathan, and Jordan have been on a journey that very few have done. And I think that all of us have been. And Kendall's is a story that everyone needs to hear.
0: This journey has been a tough journey. A lot of pain, there's been a lot of self sabotaging, there's been a lot of destruction, there's been a lot of recreation, and a lot of light as well. God at all, I'm grateful for everything that's happened. I grew up in the foster care system for a while, and I always felt like I wasn't enough. I always felt like I wasn't loved. I always felt like I always had to people please in order to feel like I'm loved. I had to go out of my way, or I felt that I did, in order to be accepted because of this lack of love and these abandonment issues that had come from me and my traumas. And it took some time for me to understand what was really going on. For the most part, it's pain that has shaped me into being this empathetic being who loves and cares for everybody. My mom, she suffered from drug abuse from coping with her traumas in a negative pattern and she passed that down to me and my siblings and when it was time for me to deal with my traumas I was doing the same thing and I was doing a lot of projecting and I was doing a lot of self-destruction and destruction of others I didn't know how to cope I didn't know how to communicate I didn't know how to identify me as a part of the problem. I can only see the problem as something that was trying to destroy me and I would use as an excuse to destroy me or anybody else close to me further. It took a lot of time for me to get to a point where I can see that I was the problem. It didn't happen until I had kids and I saw that even though I was fighting to defend them from things that were happening in our home and I had good intentions, I was still doing it from this broken, outdated mind frame where I thought that I needed aggression or I needed, you know, to be brolic just to protect my children when the only thing that I needed to do was show them love. But it was tough because I was trying to show them a love that I knew they needed, but I didn't know even existed. I didn't have it inside of me. So when I saw You know, my kids treat each other a certain way that resembled the situation that I put them in. Like, no matter what, I took responsibility for putting them in that situation because I brought them in this world. At least I helped. You know, when I saw that, it, it opened my eyes, you know, and it made me realize, like, not everything that I was taught was right. And, When I was young, I told myself that I was never going to be like my parents, especially my dad. I would never give up on my children. I would never abandon them no matter what. After a while of doing a lot of shadow work and after a while of saying sorry to myself and forgiving myself for the thoughts of hurting myself or hurting others and accepting apologies that were never even said to me, like the hardest part is forgiving people for you and understanding what they do. It is only as great as you make it. You can turn it into whatever you want to turn it into. And I didn't know that. I can literally turn anything into whatever outcome I wanted to. Now that I sat back and I was reflecting, I was able to identify myself and properly figure out the way that I'm going to handle a situation. Through time and through a lot of practice, it just became who I am now.
2: So you mentioned shadow work. And I don't know if that's a term that everyone knows.
0: If you could elaborate on that. Shadow work is the darkness that we run from. It's all of our pains and all of our traumas and all of our sins and the things that we've swept under the rug and all the things that were done to us that we didn't think had any type of impact on our lives, but they do because our subconscious mind picks up everything, protects us, but no matter what, the energy is still there. And if we don't face these things in a healthy manner, They tend to play a role in our lives and repeat over and over again until we face it and we look at this darkness as a part of our light and we accept it for what it is. And the self-realization that my darkness is my light and one cannot exist without the other. So shadow work to me is the most important work that I can ever do on myself because it is what helps me strengthen my light. The darkness that we run from, we shouldn't run from. We should run right into face first. Because we're going to find our strength and our wisdom and our purpose through doing this work. And I think that we all need to do it. When you really sit down you look at it, it's like, are you really living your truth? Or are you living your trauma? Living your truth or you living your trauma? Living the present of the past. Present yeah. of the past. And your past is your blueprint. Shadow work is the ultimate self-reflection.
1: How often do you do that? Sort of self-reflect. Is there a time during the day, during the week? Do you call it shadow work every time?
0: I look at it all as shadow work. We all have different definitions of it, but there is no like set time. When things happen, I face them right in the moment. I reflect and I find out what am I doing to attract this in my life and what do I need to do to fix this because I am the only one that can fix it. And whatever I put out as the tool to solve this problem is exactly what I'm going to get back, no matter what. And if there's anybody else involved, I try to be gentle and delicate with them. Whether they receive it the way that I'm giving it to them, it has nothing to do with me. They're operating from their own level of perception as well. I just realized through this shadow work, it's not just about me. It's about the whole environment around me. And that's what makes me more intrigued to practice this because I am literally reshaping my whole entire reality from my perspective. And I'm helping somebody else reshape their own through me and they can feel it and they can witness it. And once you see it, that's when you can believe it. Leading by example. Exactly. Always. We follow leaders, but I don't want to follow anybody. I don't want anybody to follow me. I want you to walk beside me because we're equals and we all have something to teach each other if we just put down our
2: unhealthy egos and we open up our hearts. On this journey, right, there's going to be an aspect where I've learned from both of you, right, different ways that I lack in. And I hope that I do the same for you. It's a chain of us all, hand in hand. And we are only as strong as the weakest link realizing that connection between us all, having that motivation to drive somebody else, and also having perseverance to realize that you are still being driven because the road is long. And it never ends. Danny can be going through something one day
0: that I went through yesterday and literally have the answer right there, like boom. And I didn't understand why things were happening to me before. I'm like you, I had suicidal thoughts. I didn't want to live. I didn't want to be here because I was alone. But it wasn't until I separated myself from my environment that I realized that I wasn't alone. In I don't know what people believe in, whether it's God, whether it's the universe or whatever, but me, I'm a firm believer in angels and I'm a firm believer in higher beings. Through that time, that's when I started to realize what shadow work was and all the things that happened to me started to make sense. For a long time, I thought I was the outcast, the weak one, the unloved one. But now I look back and it was like, okay, I didn't have my mom and my dad, but I have like 12 moms from all different races. Your mom, your dad just supporting me. And as I go back with a healthy mindset, I can see that and I can appreciate it. And I feel like we all have a divine purpose here. We all have to find the ability to become the alchemist that we were born to be so we can heighten our vibration and shift the vibration of this planet. And we are this planet, and we're connected to everything. And our pain is our greatest teaching.
2: When I identify something, I readily identify it. Now, where do I go with it? It's not easy. Even little things, like when I'm talking to the kids, and they're arguing with me. And then I'm arguing with a child, and then I'm like, okay, Jason, don't argue with a the kid. There's no point. Anybody who's ever argued with a kid understands that. But I'm going to walk away right from this conversation, and we'll talk when you're in a better place. And little things like that. Life is a constant state of rebuilding. We adapt to our situations, but we also have to adapt to our perspectives. Then account for all of the things being thrown in by the entire population. It's a massive undertaking. And then at that point, figure out where you fit inside of that. Because we all have our spot where we can actually do the best. It's figuring out how you get to that spot. Where do you fit in this massive puzzle that is the universe?
1: I see you doing this in the moment, self-reflecting all the time, and even passing it down through example to your kids. Like yesterday, Jaden came in and you were saying something to him and he rolled his eyes and you immediately went, Jaden, take a minute, go into the other room, and when you're ready to listen, come back. And he turned around and he came back, looked at you in your eye and he listened to every single word you said. And I see you do that constantly, which is why he's always nominated and wins by a landslide father of the year. Gets a fact. You can Google it. It's on Wikipedia. I'll put it on Wikipedia later. Don't worry. Um, I do the same thing. When situations arise, I try to pace myself and self-reflect in the moment. But I, because of who I am as a person, we're all different, right? Every night before I go to bed, I make a to-do list for the next morning. It's gotten me to cope with my OCD, which is we could probably spend a whole season on that. I have OCD and it helps me to calm my mind. And like you were talking about, have a purpose for at least for tomorrow. Even if it's just go to the grocery store, get a haircut, clean your room, do your laundry, things like that. It gives me the purpose for the next day and it sets the momentum. And it gives me stuff to do so that I can progress through the day. So I actually set aside time to self-reflect. Do either of you set deliberate time to yourself to intentionally self-reflect or do you just wait for it to happen in the moment?
0: I do first thing in the morning. I spend 10 to 15 minutes visualizing my day, getting my energy in line, focusing on the things that I need to accomplish like you. I have a business to run. I have kids, have a lot of things going on. But the most important thing for me is understanding that my energy needs to be right in order for me to successfully accomplish anything that I set out to do for that day. So the first thing in the morning is my time to do what I go. I've been sun gazing, doing my yoga and stretching in the morning and just staying in that zone so I can control my environment. The first 10 to 15 minutes of your day are the most important. They will dictate your whole entire day. And that's just learning through my experience. And that's where I choose to self-reflect. I could not agree more.
1: I do guided meditation and that's why I make the to-do list. I have a goal today. I have to get up and I got to do stuff. When I don't make to-do lists, I end up sleeping in and or just kind of like going on social media. It's like the opposite. Like If you wake up and just go, you're all over the place. But if I wake up and don't have a
2: purpose, then I don't do anything. I don't sleep well at night, so what I do is at night I will set myself up in like kind of how you do with your to do list, but mine is a little bit different. I like to organize outside things. I know what I have to do for my schedule, but I want to know what else is happening that will directly affect me. But after doing that, I realized I was kind of overwhelmed. At that point, I, it was not even that long ago, maybe a year or so ago, that I would start at night just kind of sitting there and Trying to be still. And trying to settle myself and settle my thoughts. And when I could settle my thoughts, I could realize that most of the issues that I was having were because of one cause. It was something that I was putting out there. And because I was putting it out there, that's what I was getting back. I know that you're
0: like one pace guy. And I've seen you being more patient. You're addressing things. I just want to know, like, what's driving you to do this?
2: My main drive in life has always been my family and it goes back to my relationship with my brothers my other siblings my sister my other two brothers and to my children family has been a main motivator for me my whole life my main motivator today in my reflection is because i see my traits that i don't like in myself i see my kids pick them up and i don't want them to bear the weight of my burden So if I push myself to be better, then I will end up making them better as well. If I can shoot for the stars and if I land on the moon, the kids are going farther than that.
0: Our form of family and what we do is everything that I wanted in my blood family. And it wasn't a matter of me beating myself up for something that I tried to do. It was a matter of me knowing that my worth is more over here than over there. So I'm going to stick to these blessings here, which are you two guys, and you guys keep me self-reflecting all of the time. And I see the good traits in you, and at the end of the day, I'm learning through you as you're learning through me.
1: I genuinely believe that one of the reasons why we are growing so well together is because of what you just said, creating a safe space for all of us to lay all our cards out on the table. I don't think anyone has a weakness. I think that people have growth areas that aren't their strongest attributes. The potential is always going to be there. It's all about how much energy you put in to make it grow. That's why it's called a growth area. And I think it's important for us to encourage and acknowledge the fact that we are three grown men, a Marine, a badass. A ninja. A ninja. A life ninja. And we talked about this yesterday. I was a scary dude. I loved to fight. I'm just saying, here are three masculine men who are expressing love for each other Who are sharing their emotions, who are comfortable in who they are so much, they are expressing these things. And I think that is why we have the ability to go through things faster and learn things faster. And it's not because we're better, it's because we're together and we're doing it at a faster rate because there's three of us. I'm leading my example and you're picking up on traits that I have. And then I'm picking up on traits that you have. And Jay, same thing. It's all about not just self reflection, but self-observation and self-awareness but it's also just like you said you can talk about it but you got to be about it too man let's not talk about it or be about it talk about it then do it do the work put the energy into making
2: it happen self-reflection is something that is a constant thing it's something that we have to build into our lives and identify with daily because the world changes constantly like the weather It's something that is going to be a thing. And if you work it into your plan of your day, if you start doing it, it will help you to take in other information, to deal with exterior things. You're able to manage yourself and now you can also deal with everything else too. And it won't be such a burden. The day won't be so heavy on your shoulders because you will feel that much lighter. I'm glad you said that because
1: I wanted to say something earlier and you finally reminded me of it. Everything's habit forming. The world's constantly changing. So we have to constantly be self reflecting, whether it's when instances happen, recognizing them, like you two both talked about, and me with making sure I make a to do list every night. I work it into my routine so that I develop a routine so that I'm replacing those negative habits of resentment and burying things deep inside. I'm replacing those with good habits of self reflecting and constantly wanting and needing to grow so that as the world changes, and evolves, we grow and change and evolve with it in a positive way. And if we want the world to grow and evolve and change in a positive way, it starts with us. And just leading by example, saying it like we're doing now, speaking it into the existence, and then being about it so that everyone else can pick up on that energy and be like, you know what? I think they're onto something. We got our masks on. Now we can help the rest of the world. Thank you for listening to us and let us know what you thought about the first episode. We're going to actually going to start calling up chapters. Because this is a story. This is our story. We all have one. Uh, Ours is important. I know Jay's and Kendall's is. And yours is too. So write in. Let us know what you thought of ours. And if you're comfortable with it, share yours. You guys want to add anything?
0: Just be real. You know, the realer you are with yourself, the more that we're going to be able to connect with you and see you as a part of who we are. You can always reach out to us. So thank you again. We love you. Namaste.
2: Love saved us and love is the way out of of the darkness for sure due to the lack of love we became love and
0: received it now it's infinite
2: also check out the website com. follow on all your favorite social media platforms everywhere you want to hear us subscribe and spread the word spread love yes spread love please yes please
1: We are the world. Yeah, yeah. We are the children.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Are we going to end every episode with me horribly singing off-tune? I mean, it wasn't that off-tune, I'm going to tell you. You're getting
0: better. You're getting better. You're growing. You guys are great fucking liars.
1: up!